welcome everybody once again to the Low Key Podcast. I am Aaron Lanton, joined as always with Tim Malloy and Keith Denny. Today we'll be going over uh, Honk for Jesus, Save Your Soul, uh, a movie that you can watch today on Peacock. It's streaming right now. Uh, it is starring, uh, <laughs> man, like a really, really impressive cast. We got Regina Hall, Sterling K. Brown acting as our protagonist, Trinity uh, Childs and Lee Curtis Childs. Lee Curtis Childs is, is a minister uh, of a church, a mega church that is suffering a scandal under his sin. And Trinity has decided to stay near him and support him and reopen the church. And they have started kind of like a reality show, documentary kind of thing. So they got a whole crew following them as they're trying to reopen the church on Easter Sunday. And this is about the story of them trying to redeem themselves and how that does or does not come together. Going forward from this point on, we're doing full spoilers. So if you have not watched the movie on Peacock, please do that. And if you have, then let's enjoy the conversation. So, uh, Tim, let's start with you. What did you think of this movie? I'm really curious to see what you thought, because we hadn't talked about this previously, but it kind of came up. Keith was like, hey, would y'all be interested in this so and, and this movie is very niche in a lot of way um yeah I, I think i think in some ways it's not but in many ways it really really is so i'm curious to see how you experience the film pass no um <laughs> my thing with this movie is i saw this movie after seeing righteous gemstones which mm-hmm. covers a lot <laughs> of territory this is it's almost like the black and white version wow. um, of the same situation with like a church filled with a lot of success but a lot of scandal um but they ha- cover a lot of the same jokes and all the hypocrisy and stuff is pretty much the same um and i just think righteous gemstones is like the funniest show ever right. talked about this a lot and so i think it's hard for anything that's at all comedic and this is obviously a dramedy but anything that's at all comedic to follow righteous gemstones it's really really tough and then the whole pastor thing um you know flawed pastor with a secret was also done really recently and really well in the eyes of tammy faye which i also thought was really good um so i just thought it was it's hard for this movie to come after those at least for people who've seen both of those which i have because it just didn't the actors are incredible obviously the setup is good all the material is good but it's just when you're seeing it for like the third time and honestly i didn't think it was anywhere near as funny or like satirically sharp as gemstones it's tough so if i'd seen this first i'd probably loved it but because i saw it you could say in the wrong order um this just didn't really blow me away also i grew up in like a very churchy situation um where i was like in the youth group as a kid and stuff like that so i think i kind of am in the target audience for that for a story like this um, and it just still didn't really slay me. No, that's fair. And and yeah, let, let's. I'm, I'm really curious to dive a little deeper into that uh, as we go on. Um, Keith, uh, what were your thoughts on it? I don't know. It's funny. Um, I was kind of going back and forth with like my overall thoughts about the film. I think I kind of feel where um, Tim is coming from and also what you're saying about the film being pretty um, like very niche in a way. Like, I do think that this is something that maybe like um, black people (laughs) can like relate to the most in a sense. 
because there, there's certain things that I just think that like culturally um, and how I'm trying to put my word, get my words together, like how how much within the black culture, the church is embedded within our overall tradition, in a sense. Right. And in a way that um, not saying that it ain't the same way, with you know, Caucasians or other ethnicities. But it's just in a way that I just really felt that in this in this film, you know. And one of the things that I think stood out the most was that you kind of had um, Lee Curtis, who was this old school brand of the I would say of the um, of the of the of the pastors and, and, and so on and so forth. And you had the new kids on the block and like how they did things and stuff and how they were in a way trying to insert him from his throne you know yeah um and i thought that that aspect of it was pretty pretty interesting and it, there's a whole lot of other things like like mixed emotions i feel that i have about this film um but i definitely like the characters a lot i um i like the acting i also agree with you tim is that like after you've seen certain things like like the righteous gemstones which is like extremely hilarious right um but there's also points in the righteous gemstone that that feels a little bit disconnected sometime from reality. Like there's certain things, like you know, that's like it's extremely like absurd at certain moments, right? Anchor ninjas. Yeah. <laughs> ridiculous. Like ridiculous. And then and then you it, it's like it's like it goes, it's like a combination of like different genres, I feel. Whereas this, it had the opportunity to be a more well-grounded story, but also be funny at the same time. Yeah. And in my opinion, I think where they missed the mark at it, to me personally, is, is I kind of feel like it would have worked more if they leaned more completely on the comedic element than the drama, in my opinion. I think if they would have um, stuck with it being a mockumentary, like throughout the film, because they have those little moments and those breaks where they cut the camera off. I think that would have been better. And they just lean more into the comedy than into the the dramatic part. And I, I think, you know, it just had potential to be um, better in that aspect, in my opinion. But that's my overall thoughts for it right now. Can I, can I ask like a thing that I may have just missed? Like, because mm-hmm. I think you're right. I think I may have just culturally missed things by not growing up in it. But the thing at the end where Regina Hall is wearing like the mime makeup, is that <laughs> like is that? Let, let, let's let's come back to that. It, no, <laughs> no, specifically. Um, I think I can explain what's happening there, but right. um, yeah, but no, specifically. I, I it's it's funny. I did this last week when we were talking to. I want to. I agree with everything he said except one particular point. So I want to refute it for a moment. Um, God, which one was it? Uh, like, I, like, there's only one. It's not like it was many of them. Um, so I, I guess let me just kind of talk through my thoughts. So the thing is, the movie, I agree with y'all overall. I, I think th- there are a couple of things to keep this movie from being like a classic that everybody has to absolutely watch. The first one is that, you know, I think the script does a, a great job of really conveying what it wants to say. But in many ways, it's still such a safe way to, to approach it. And what I mean by this is like Lee Curtis Childs, played by Sterling K, uh, K. Brown, 
he doesn't actually himself do anything desperate. And I think that kind of removes a real opportunity for the film. In the modern day, what we see for a lot of people of the cloth who claim to really be about Christ is that as they lose what they feel to be some sort of power, they cling to individuals in politics who they feel like can serve them well if they um, speak in terms that uh, will lead their congregation to support that candidate. There's a lot of things, and what I mean by it is like, so if you're going to get to a situation where you have your wife miming in the street and holding up signs like she worked at Little Caesars, mm-hmm. it feels like maybe you would do something desperate as well. And it was just interesting to see his refusal to stoop low himself in whatever way he thought that might mean, because we see that happen all the time every day. And the person that this movie seems to be based on did things like that as a preacher out of Atlanta that a lot of people would know when they spend a few minutes thinking about it. Um, I think it's, you know, in many ways, okay. Oh, that, that was the point I wanted to refute. I think the movie, honestly, for what it wants to achieve and the way the script chooses to go, absolutely cannot commit to the comedic route. The reason is that the story actually belongs to Trinity Childs, the Regina Hall's character. If you go the comedic route, you lose the opportunity to, because with the script, the way it's, it's, it's approaching everything is it's really trying to show you this particular angle that nobody normally gets into where the spouse of the, the preach, preacher who's made some huge mistake in some way you know, it could be illegal stuff. It could be, when I say legal, like tax fraud or something weird like that. Um, it could be some way more serious than that. Yeah. But thinking of the women who stick by their husband in need, and there's this one quote at the end which said, I, I, you know, um, I'd kill him before I leave him. Yeah. And a lot of people who, um, are black and, and around people of the cloth have heard many people say that after watching um, their spouse make, and when I say spouse, I mean the male spouse make an incredibly huge mistake in whatever way that might be, however embarrassing it might be, however damaging it might be, this belief that, I mean, it's not just simply a belief. This is a point where like Trinity calls her mom she say i need to talk to you and they have breakfast and she confides to her mother that she feels like they're growing she's growing apart from her husband they're leading in different directions and she basically tells her are you not recognizing the situation what what do you have to maintain this lifestyle if you don't have him mm-hmm. and that's a really it leads her to continue to make a mockery of her pride. No, you know, you, you, it's like how important is pride? How important is having um, individuality? Um, that's a question that's kind of poses without saying it directly. But the thing is, 
you know, she wears the mom makeup and we think that's her low point. That's not her low point. Her low point is walking away and then using, like trying to guilt trip the cast into feeling bad for her after her husband's accuser confronts him in the street. Yeah. She has decided that no matter what goes on, she's going to try to guilt trip people who are trying to call them out into feeling bad for this situation, not because she actually feels bad for her husband, but because that is what is required to maintain that lifestyle. Right. And that's a very, because the thing is, here's how you know that happened. Throughout the whole movie, as, as things happen, she'll say, she'll state what's on her mind when she's frustrated and then hear that rattlesnake thing. And when she's and when it when that happens, she snaps back into the mode. If you notice, in between the time from the accuser on the street coming to speaking to her husband and her walking off, that shit never happens. That sound doesn't go off. That's why when the camera crew comes, she's still in performance mode. And after she spoke to her mother, she'll, she'll when she spoke because if you think about it, she was speaking to her mother candidly about what happened. That rattlesnake thing happens and, she, and it snaps her back into performing again and it never happens again. She never speaks her mind out one more time because that rattle never occurs again. Mm-hmm. Like she, her mother, once her mother basically said, you aren't free until he dies. That, you know, kind of solidified how her character would go from there. Yeah. And I and I agree with that that element. What I mean, like, I just think there should have been a little bit more comedic moments, even with all that said. I think that and what you said should still be there, but there there should have been, um, especially based off how this film is marketed too. You know what I mean? Well, but I don't like. I think, well, what, I think how, how the film's have, marketed, I think, could for some people be uh, deceptive. Right, and and I think that there's a way to make to to have like a, a very nice balance of, okay, this this movie is like pretty funny, low key hilarious, but then like, damn, that situation right there is actually like pretty fucked up, you know what I'm saying? And I think the best type of comedy still has that element to it, to where like, I can laugh, but then towards the end of it, I actually feel really bad. <laughs> but I just, I don't, I don't know how many moves off the top of my head that choose to have the topic of underage molestation that are just hilarious because this movie one of the reasons you're seeing because i looked at the rotten tomatoes score well not rotten tomato the what's the other score like there's a the the metacritic well there's a score for like the general consumer not like reviews the metacritic in rotten tomato you actually have gone up for critics but it it is plummeted for user reviews because what is speaking about culturally, people are now review bombing it. Who's review bombing it? The the black Christian community. Oh, interesting. Yeah. But also, like, and not to say that this makes it even worse. Is it necessary? Are, are, are we saying like that the movie never explicitly says that this is like child molestation over it, it, like it's being like I'm not like I'm a I'm an older man messing with younger younger men well when i say when i say that when i I said minors because i meant minors i didn't say child i said minor they're like teenage boys right 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but they were like adults. They they made a point. No, 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 no. I, I don't. I don't. I don't think. The reason I say that is because look, so look, the, 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 whole, the accuser steps to him. He is not old. I don't remember. Like I don't even. No, think I'm not saying that he old, but I'm saying like the whole point of this is is that there were people in in there saying like these people these these boys were not necessarily boys per se. Well, the other thing is like I think the point the movie makes is and to, to get really like 2022 buzzwords like there's a power dynamic thing, right? He uses right. his prominent position to take advantage of people and get them to do things they wouldn't ordinarily do. So yeah. whether they're 18 or 19 or 16, he's doing something fundamentally unethical. And we we know yeah, which of it the, is the, the accusations yeah. happened years ago. Yeah, and so, maybe, so when we see under men or whatever. Yeah, so when we see that that guy, he ain't twenty five. But then the movie, the movie doesn't want to like spell it out. Yeah, you know, it doesn't say it specifically. No, it, it 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 refuses to do that. It's the tricky thing where if they say like fourteen year old boys, you're like, fuck this guy. But we yeah, know. But but here's here's the thing: the, the movie doesn't hide that he is like his sexual orientation doesn't seem to be heterosexual. Yeah. No. Yeah. So, you know, I think the you know it, it, it doesn't explicitly state minors, but it, it seems that they're doing enough hinting where you know I don't think that that's like a um you know I, I yeah, I definitely think stuff with minors is, is worse, certainly. And I, that's an assumption I'm making like in the script that that's present. But uh the thing is using your position of power in a job is one thing using your position of power in in you know the lord's house is a whole nother thing yeah yeah i'm definitely saying that it's unethical i'm just saying there's a difference between um that and then what you're saying like child but but, but i think it's our our protagonist well our protagonist i guess we call him our protagonist Lee, lee curtis childs is not meant to be sympathized with no, there, not at all. there are moments in which we, you know, might feel like, oh, okay, like this is somebody who is trying to like be genuine and, and, and be redeemed. But then you see him on that basketball court and he just can't help himself. But there is a thing where Sterling K. Brown is so sympathetic and you're so used to rooting for him. Mm-hmm. You kind of go into the movie expecting to root for him. So it kind of plays with your expectations and it gets... It gets confusing. And Regina Hall is also like so sympathetic, like in every movie she makes, you like want her to win. So you find it's that thing where if you put the camera on somebody for a long enough time, that Paul Schrader always does, you're going to be rooting for them, even if you shouldn't be rooting for them. You're going to be rooting for the taxi driver and taxi driver, even if you definitely should not. Um, Whether you're going to root for Patrick Bateman, even though you definitely should not like it, it, it toys with you a lot. It yeah. really, really does, man. It's, it's, um, man, that part where she's like, <laughs> she had been confronted on the street by their mother holding the baby and she's just giving him all the shit. Mm-hmm. He's like, that's all I have. That's, that's everything. Like, I just preached my heart out. She's like, you need to make this more convincing. <laughs> keep keep going like i don't know man like it's it's funny because like like say you want to believe in him but you just saw him give in the sin so to speak yeah 
again so quickly and with somebody who he knows is there to document his actions like it just shows such a lack of yeah yeah it's yeah that is the i I couldn't even pick a better word wreck it's like anthony weiner where you're like dude you got away with this before i can't believe you're at it again you know she's like yo are you serious right now are you serious right now i guess what i'm trying to say too is that i think the movie most times you have to decide what you want to be right yeah if you if if like to your point aaron if the or if the display of like abuse and power, of course, we know this is unethical. Maybe it should be more of a drama, you know. But then if it was like something else, like if it was just the fact that he was just cheating on his wife with like women, it would be a whole different thing. You know what I'm saying? I don't really think, agree with that. I just what I'm saying is that it's because the movie should decide to either be one or the other because if we if we're looking at like him messing with 19 20 year old guys and mm-hmm. him preaching against homosexuality but then he a homosexual himself and abusing his power and that's unethical to the point that it cannot be a comedy like then maybe it should be more of a drama but i'm saying well, but, like, but on one end i think that Based off the setup of the film, it could have been a pretty like um, what's the word memorable comedy. In a way. It's weird because there's like a Sundance movie. This is like a progressive crowd, you know. So like if the if the scandal was he's secretly gay, we would sympathize with him. We would go, you know, that's a terrible reason to run this guy out. Is he a good preacher or not? Is his wife? Do they have some kind of arrangement? You know, I'm rooting for this guy. I want him to get through it. But then they have to throw in something else to make it like a legit scandal. And the thing that they throw in to make it a legit scandal is like so bad that it becomes impossible to to root for him, even if at moments you may sympathize with him. Well, so, I mean, but that's the thing. Like, it's, it's, it's been enabling it. So what? what that's the thing. Like, it's. It's just like it over it, you know it, I mean? like gemstones. Gemstones has them like committing horrible crimes but they're so over the top ridiculous that you can still kind of go like i hope danny mcbride with his stupid stupid ass somehow gets out of this one okay (laughs) it'd be like scams and stuff yeah oh yeah but like i guess the thing is this movie wants to depict something that's actually happening in the world yeah like in the same way and i can't remember the name of the movie but about the journalists who expose the stuff that happened in the catholic church but oh um yeah boston globe um yeah 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 yeah, yeah exactly whatever it was called <laughs> i can't remember i'm sorry i can't remember oscar remember. winner like seven years ago yeah spotlight boom there we go thank you um so the thing is though like these i the, the movie is tackling that same subject and it's taking a very different approach to it and the approach it's taking is of somebody who is both an enabler and a victim. Mm-hmm. And the thing you have to like question is, which one are they first? And the thing is, you can say they're an enabler and that's true. But the, the thing is, everyone in their life is pushing them to be an enabler. So who's the enabler, Trinity? Yeah. I feel like she's more of an opportunist too. 
Like well, she, well, she with him. It's obvious in this film that she's not just with him just because she's his wife, but because of like e- even you stated with what the mother said, because of the type of life that being with him has has given her. But but she doesn't want to lose sight of that. Like it's not that's the that's her biggest thing. And like you said, it's about what what are you willing to like sacrifice to keep that life? So that's the th- what's up, that's what I'm more saying. More. This this movie is not about a protagonist. There, there's no the people we're with. There's no rooting for them. I mean, Trinity is probably the most clear protagonist of the story, right? But the, the thing yeah. is, like movie. I think like, I always try to think a little bit differently about like as far as like my. It is, I'm saying an arbitrary thing right now, so just take it as arbitrary. But like when I think about like rating a film, yeah, in which there's there's nobody to root for mm-hmm. like that i always try to like think a little more critically about those and like what it's trying to say and what it's trying to accomplish and i think in this one really the the most interesting piece of it to me is that we have a protagonist that is surrounded by a community of people who know the truth and she's making a deliberate decision to try to be president. And the thing, the, the 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 reason I feel like this movie can't be what it could be is because it's actually a little too glib and a little too, like in, in a lot of ways it's very brave, but in the ways that it actually needs to be, it is not. And what I mean by this is a person this desperate as Lee Curtis Childs would absolutely be going as far to the right as he could to give favor because we see a lot of people in real life doing that right now where they have an issue some blows up but they need cover politically and elsewhere from somebody they're not gonna get it from the left oh yeah like he has so he's gonna run all the way to the right and say anything he needs to say to make it work and the thing is, the wife, whether she agrees with it or not, has a grin and bear it. And the thing, she's grin and bearing a lot. But in a lot of ways, she's not really having to grapple with, like, she puts up with, like, he goes from like, oh, we're not going to do Easter. We're going to do the week before Easter because that's going to be the best. She's like, no, no, no. Hey, Lee Curtis, Charles, I need you to talk to me. And he's like, no, we're going to do this. We're going to do this. Well, it's funny. You could read the whole movie as her comeuppance. Like she has this humiliating, long, drawn out thing at the end. Mm-hmm. And that's her punishment for going along with him on all this stuff. But like, I don't want to see that either because she is kind of a victim, as, as was said before, she is kind of a victim and a neighbor at the same time. So I don't want her to be like humiliated. I just want her to stop and enabling him like dramatically. I basically just want this movie to end like, um, what was the other Regina Hall? Uh, master. The Master. I kind of want her to just leave, like how she left. Sorry to spoil the Master, too. Well, <laughs> but, but here's the thing, like, I guess... Uh, well, like, uh, this movie has decided to say that this is what people do. And this yeah. is what people will continue to do. Is, and, I, and I guess for me, what was a little disappointing is the movie refuses to accept 
the reality or like really delve into the reality we have today, which is that people believe the lie. Mm-hmm. People suck up lies all the time for their own self-esteem. We see it over and over in, in today's, you know, religious and political cultures. They will forgive their leaders for at pretty much anything. Yeah. And that is, you know, whether you agree with certain people's persuasions or not, like however that functions, that's a little dangerous if people clearly doing stuff they shouldn't be doing. If if a, if somebody has has con- if multiple people have confided that this has happened and he, they've had multiple settlements in that sort of way, you should definitely be cautious of trusting those trusting those people. And in this reality, the film set up people are very cautious. Only the five people show up, but it's it's typically in our reality that's just not how things work today. They do have people show up even after all of that, because what they do is just deny, 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 and they just act, just say nothing ever happened. Yeah, I mean, that is a thing you can do now that it seems like you couldn't do before when people respected the existence of facts. Yeah. Yeah. But can- but it's also one thing I think we're kind of missing out on is, is the fact that there were people, because there's also that part of like, he had people who he, that they said, this man changed my life. Yeah. Like so it's like no matter what that person does yeah. or what people claim that they did, like like they reached them in some type of way or form. You know what I'm saying? So I think that's another part of that that has to be taken in consideration. Like how much an impact a person, no matter how infamous they could be, could have had on somebody's life. Now, me personally, I I, I don't I don't drink from the Kool-Aid. Like I think where it comes from actually matters. And if you turn out to be a piece of shit, then I'm not listening to you no more, you know? Yeah. I can understand why some people could um, be caught into that or they just don't want to believe it. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. all the facts can be brought into them. And it's and, it, and most times, not even just because they're a religious figure, but it, like I said, it's just, it was something about this person and what they did or what they said. And what they represented for you and what they've done right. in your life, how they've changed that. Because some people genuinely have life-changing events because of the uh, intervention or uh, activism right uh, like programs and people like that stuff's real they and that could be exactly. anybody like look at tony robinson he got tony he's like the biggest like uh motivational speaker in the world mm-hmm. and i even used to listen to him and honestly if some negative came out about him i'd be like damn that's fuck- i feel like there's no goodness <laughs> in the world at this point <laughs> no, you know that's just like or like Mr. Rogers. You could love Mr. Rogers. Oh man, no, nah, don't do that. Uh, uh-uh. no, nope. no, don't, don't, don't. Why would you speak that? Why would you speak that? Why I'm saying you that's the point. Speak? Like if if something comes out about Mr. Rogers later on, and you like, damn, like the world is really fucked up, and you don't want to believe that. You don't want to sit up and believe like the world could be that fucked up that Mr. Rogers could even be terrible. You know, I expect nothing to happen, but I will blame you if something does happen. Yeah, I, I just wanted to be known. And you got to be, you can't be like a, if my team does it, it's okay. But if their team does it, it's bad. Like right. whenever people are like, Hunter Biden seems like he's really uh, bad. You should really get him out of there. I'm like, yeah, he does. He seems like he did some real unethical shit. Fuck Hunter Biden. I don't care. Like, I'm not like on team D and I have to support team. Hunter Biden no matter right. what. Like, <laughs> why, do, why do they think it's like equal? It's like, well, Trump stole documents. Well, Hunter Biden did this. I don't care. They're fine. Throw them all separate issues. Throw them all in prison. Let's, I don't let's, care. 
And the thing that's, that's really crazy about in this film is just, I really feel like the, the movie just gives you a glimpse into the ways that people compartmentalize different things and they find ways to make it okay. Yeah. It's just they it's, know back to it. It's like they feel like they have to make it okay. The thing it's is like it's so high stakes because like what if this is your ticket out of hell and then that person does something wrong? Like are you gonna break up with so them? so Tim, I, I want to recognize something. I'm I I, I want to put this on record, right? We're in such a a decent space now for black cinema where you can make this movie. Yeah. I hear you. Yes. Where, where you can say something like your overall message is not a positive. Mm-hmm. And, and artists mm-hmm. feel like they can do that now. That is not something that even would have been true 10 years ago. Right. Well, it's also great. And I don't, this, oh man, this sounds like a really backhanded compliment, but it's great that you can make a great movie. You don't have to make Malcolm X to get your movie made. You can make a movie that's like perfectly fine and pleasant and an interesting watch. Yeah, no, no, no. I, it, well, yeah, however people take that, whatever. But like, I think there is something about that that is really uh, important. And I don't think everything has to be like, you know, putting, you know, r- r- how, do, how do people put it? Like wrapping a, a you know, a pig and I don't know. Lipstick on a pig? I don't know. Like, look, man, look. <laughs> the fact that this movie can say what it has to say, I think, is is a really cool moment, um, and that we can have these candid conversations about this sort of stuff. I I think it's it's to be lauded. I, I think that you know um, the the all the people in front of the camera were really great, and I appreciate that we have an opportunity to explore more about the black diaspora. You know, in general, I think that's just very, very important to, you know, uh, speak about uh, Christianity, you know, in ways that would be positive. I I think there's plenty of room to do more of that as well in the Black community, but also to have opportunities to talk about some of the things that um, aren't being surfaced as much, specifically with the plight of women. I, one other thing I think is really important to bring up before we get near our clothes is just the the way uh, power and gender dynamics work um, in this film and the way the new generation seems to be shifting more towards allowing women to have a seat that grants them an opportunity to be viewed as more than a first lady is kind of like this right hand, it doesn't matter when they are the ones that actually are like the anchor for everything, mm-hmm. you know, they center the leader, allow him to be in a good space and do what he has to do, even through his flubs of everything. They are the ones who put everything together. And honestly, I thought there was such an interesting shift in the movie for Trinity when uh, Lee Curtis early on walks away for a second. She says, hey, you know, let's talk for a second. We're on the same team, right? You're gonna do right by us, you know, right? Yeah, like let's let's make sure we we show us in a good way, and we're we're cutting things in a way that are positive and this and that. And then as he shows back up, she goes right back 
into the role she needs to play immediately. Like she could blink and do it. And women do that in all cultures all the time for men and their egos and their position because they're just not going to be given uh, room to, to be themselves. Even as, some as simple as those hats. You know, like I don't love church hats, but some of them hats will fly. And every time she would wear one, he was, he was trying to give her shit about it. And she's like, look, you're going to give me something. Yeah. You're going to shut your tongue going to be shut on this. <laughs> this, this this mine right here just so you know what's yeah. interesting about the church hats i just want to say real quick they are mm-hmm. like fly but like not fly to wear like it just looked like something <laughs> that, you, that you wouldn't like functionally like wear those hats but i ain't gonna lie that that shit was kind of fresh at the end though yeah like i mean the one she had at the end was okay but I that's mean, the one she bought before it just went with the dress and everything like 12 Twelve thousand dollars. No, twenty four hundred. Damn, like I think it was twenty three ninety five. I was I was reading it wrong. Um, I think it was twenty three ninety five. I mean, that's a major cultural difference, and it's like one of the best. It's one of the best looks ever, to me. Like when you go to Catholic church in Massachusetts, and people just like wear shorts. It's like come what? On. I'm not even. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, uh, hold on, sorry, sorry. Like, I'm not even Catholic. Can we just can we do a little bit here? Yeah, it's weird. Wait, wait, wait. People go to church in shorts? I mean, it's nice in the sense of like, you know, God is here for you as you are. That's nice. But you do, I don't know. Make right. it fun. It's kind of fun to dress up. I don't know enough about white church, man. Y'all be doing stuff different. I, I remember I went to a, a white church once. I don't even know which branch it was in. And ah. um, I'm used to when you do... Um, We'll see. I ain't been in church in so long. So basically, you know, every every week, you know, you can go in and I guess it's confessional. I, I I think it's called different things in different churches. Anyway, they started doing the confessional, and the white people started confessing everything they did and everything they said in aloud. And I'm used to that being silent. Right. It was they not what I was expecting. In front of everybody. Yeah. I have never seen that. Seen What's that? Yo, Is there- Dude, I don't, I don't even remember. I, I ain't even back since. I mean, I love that friend to death, but I've never gone back to that church. Yeah, most most churches I go to is usually like a mixed bag of like black and white people, like non denominational. Like I'm I'm yeah. I'm not into like the Southern like Baptist like we got to dress up type churches neither. Um, I'm okay with those. I'm just not used to shorts. I'm, 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 I'm <laughs> the only thing about them, man. Like when folks catch the Holy Ghost and they go running up and down the aisle and stuff. Yeah, I ain't been in church like that in a minute. I've it's never just, been there. Yeah. I was in like, like very, like it was almost like Southern Presbyterian, but it was in LA. I don't know how that worked out. Wow, that's incredible. And it was like a weird. <laughs> it was it was like weird diversity because like it was like pretty white church, but then there were like a lot of Latino kids, and there huh. were. Like, Filipino kids and stuff like that and it was like a mix and it was just like a strange it was a strange like how did this church happen that's pretty that's how the church pretty much the church I go to like that too like it's just like a such well, a you in Texas though so yeah yeah, yeah like in, in the area that I'm in it's like it's, it's just pretty much like that so yeah mm-hmm, when mm-hmm. we went to your wedding my wife's mom came with us and she goes to church every Sunday, no matter what. And we went to Catholic Texas church and it was the most fascinating thing ever. It was so interesting. Like it was a super diverse church. 
super cool super welcoming we got in like all kinds of conversations and stuff like that like people were like oh you bring like if you bring young kids to church people love you they're like find the church um they're like we need to keep the church going (laughs) and it was it was like a (laughs) fascinating thing to go to but it was also it was like a mega church it was so big oh yeah i went to a it's funny we just recently last weekend went to a catholic wedding yeah Mm, Yeah. yeah friends like, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, I, I didn't see no kissing. I don't know if that was just a dumb thing, and then it felt like like mass or something. Yeah. And the guy, like, my wife was like, "Oh, this is very interactive because you got to say stuff back to what they're saying." And I'm like, "This is interesting." And you um, got to say it in a weird voice where it's like, "You're like, didn't make me do that." Thank you, Then they then they start speaking in Latin at some point. I said, "Man, it sounds like a." I don't know. But anyway, it was weird. It was different. It was it was interesting at the same time. And um and then there was this African guy there. He was pretty cool. He he read the I forget what you call it. Like he was just reading like the scripture. And they was reading from stuff that wasn't in like the Holy Bible. And I'm like, what what are they reading this from? <laughs> a lot of times it's an African priest, because like so many priests come from Africa now. And so you have this like you like you'll have like a very like white Boston congregation. And then they're all listening to like the priests from could be Kenya. Like, you know, it's just like the most interesting. It's just like the most church just does amazing things. I don't know. Church culture, especially today, it's just, it's just a lot happening. There's a ton happening. And the thing is, like, a lot of times now, because with everything's going on, like, church turns into political stuff. And like, you need to support this person. You're like, ah, okay. Well, that was the thing with the with the Catholic Church in Texas because there was so much anti-abortion literature, but it wasn't mm. like it wasn't like you're going to burn in hell. It was like, how are we going to support young mothers and encourage them to have these babies? And how do we have like a diaper drive and a canned good drive? Yeah. All sorts mm. of stuff, that type stuff. Just good, different though. than what you hear that it's like. Like when, yeah. mm-hmm. so it's sort of like I don't know. I don't want to say like mainstream media, but like the general the general presentation of like the Catholic Church's position on abortion is like, well, they hate women, so <laughs> they, yeah, <laughs> they just want to shame these unwed mothers and banish them to hell. And like the reality on the ground is just that's not what it is. Yeah, yeah I mean, there are people like that, but sure. that, I, I don't think that's that represents most folks, mm-hmm. honestly. Yeah, um, I I do think the policy should be a ton better, but. I don't think, you know, we're seeing many, many um, congregations taking that that view specifically. Um, it's interesting because like after I went, I was like, there is there is a middle ground that people could find to like help mothers in general mm-hmm, uh, to build mm-hmm. like a society where children are more safe and welcomed and appreciated. But so I guess like, it doesn't involve I- like barring abortion or, you know. But like that—that's the thing about this movie is—is it's—it's aggressive in like really interesting ways and like taboos, but it just doesn't want to touch this kind of stuff, and that's what make what keeps it from getting to the next level to me. I think it's like right there at the precipice of making a choice, and the thing is, like I think it definitely leans more towards drama than comedy by the end, but there's so many things that that they could choose to do that are a little larger than the micro here's what's happening between the two of them kind of thing and what he's asking her to do like 
it's just interesting. I feel like they both are bought into making the life bigger and making the life sustainable where they can continue to do what they've been doing. But it's like not doing the how how far are you willing to sell your soul to maintain it? Yeah. That's the thing. I think that if they had chosen to emphasize a little more and draw out, that could have pushed this to an a entirely different stratosphere. True. So that's the only thing for me on this movie. I, I really do like it quite a bit. I really feel like it, it does a lot of what it wants to do. Um, and yeah, it, 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 I, I don't I like over. I mean, there are some things that, but like I said, I think they could have chosen to do to push it even further. But you know, overall, like it's it's a solid watch, and I and and something that I think is going to be a worthwhile you know view, even you know years down the road. Yeah, I think that's a good way to explain it. Like, I feel like everybody involved in this is obviously super good at what they do. And I just kind of wish they pushed it further. Like I wish they pushed it into not necessarily gemstones, crazy territory, but just like say what you want to say more overtly and have fun saying it. Yeah. And, and, and let them, your characters are going to go into the spiral. It's like allow it to take place and allow it to do it in a way where you can truly see how far they're willing to lose, lose themselves in order to maintain the material stuff they have, even though their relationship is supposed to be with Christ. Like if that's really where you're trying to go and you're saying the material things are what in the mattering most of them, like really demonstrate that. It's mm-hmm. present and it's there, but they're, as they have said many, many times, like, like it said twice, I said many, many times, but like you hear this kind of thing all the time um, among that specific subset of culture where they say stuff like, you know, what's in the past, move forward, all this kind of stuff. And it's like, well, what if continue to move forward and maintain that lifestyle means you continue to corrupt the principles that you have, not just as a, as, you know, a, a person who believes in Christ, with a person who just has dignity how far are you willing to go and is there a line that, that you won't cross mm. yeah. and while we were talking uh i learned that the um the traditional mime face makeup is a thing yeah 100 mm-hmm. i didn't know that well and that was the thing the the whole part where she's um in doing you know you know the mimicry like it's actually similar to some of the gestures and stuff you'll see when you'll hear uh southern baptist music and things like that so it was it man i gotta say like honestly um somebody who's um been a member of a congregation of of, of that sort of church like seeing that uh the way it was taking place in that particular circumstance was really um is really devastating <laughs> it was just like wow like oh man like this is this is wild like i couldn't even sit down watching i was like wow like i was walking around like i was re-watching um um like i now i can't remember the name of the thing but the the new uh game of thrones series oh yeah 
Yeah, man, I, I like when the abortion scene. I was walking around like that was happening again. I was like, oh my goodness, I'm so uncomfortable right now. Yeah. Like, oh my goodness, like because it's like if you, if you if you understand that context of what's going on, like it's, it's just absolutely gut wrenching. Um, There's a lot of church stuff that you still look backwards, like oh, where like I remember going to like Christian camp for a week and washing each other's feet, and there are people who are like. I am not fucking washing feet. There's no way that that's happening. And I was like, well, I think we're supposed to. So here we go. But it's like, it's, it's such a like intimate thing. Like there's just, a it, it's, it's incredibly intimate. And, and I can see why somebody would be hesitant to do it. But, you know, I mean, that is, that's part of the teachings. That's part of, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, the whole bit. So I, I mean, really, I'm a better person for it, I think. Right, washing feet, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know, man. Like I just this this movie, it could have chosen to just push it a little more. Like it actually was really interesting that they didn't list Sterling K. Brown. It's it's he's so he never has that moment of completely losing himself. We never actually see him for who he is in this movie. Yeah. And that's a choice. It's not a choice I'm upset about. Um, but man, this movie—it's—it's all the elements like right there for this to be like a can't miss film. Like everybody go watch this thing. You got to study this shit in class. All it's, its like it's right there. It's just a few things they just didn't push a little harder. That it's, really it's just would have just taken us to a whole nother level, like. I mean, it's right, right there. That's what's, it's, it's like such a, a weird thing to be talking about. Cause I just feel like it's this, all this stuff about like, even the way uh, that Lee Curtis Childs is using his flesh among other people, knowing that he's an attractive person, you know, in um, in shape and all of that. He's such a, it, it, it's it sounds like he just he just absolutely cannot help himself and i think there are ways in which that really shows but it just doesn't i think he, a lot it, of, it doesn't it, like that weakness doesn't qu- totally show up all the way the way that it could narratively i think it does to me to a certain level cuz i think one of the biggest things is that his weakness is his ego and I think honestly, oh, one hundred percent, yeah. Are, like, and it's something that people don't really get into. Like, most people, any man of power has like this point where they struggle with with their ego. Pastors are not exempt from that, right? Mm-hmm. And so, like, one thing that's interesting in him is that yeah, you're right. It is the fact that, for one part, he is um he is in good shape or whatever. That's one thing. And he flaunts that with taking his shirt off as he, you know, oh, he took no. all his clothes off to go get baptized. But then it's also that the moment of it's also in his dress, you know, mm-hmm. his his more like flamboyant nature and stuff. And he's like well-groomed, all this other stuff. But then it's out. But where I, where I saw it more in him was the only time we ever see him just really, really get upset where he like seems like he's about to blow up is when that guy tells him, the guy, his accuser tells him that this city doesn't need you. Hmm. 
that takes so much out of him because in a way a man like him has gotten to the point where he he is really worshipped in a sense mm-hmm. where it's not so much about god or christ or whatever it's more about what he what he has done what he has mm-hmm. done for the community you know what i'm saying who he is in the community because it's not even i don't even think he cares about the wealth as much as his wife does more than it is the prestige itself and the status and the and to be loved by millions thousands of or millions of people right mm-hmm. so that's what hits him the hardest when 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 he I mean, says and that's the thing it's 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 i don't i don't know i mean but then Trina, also Trina the specifically thing. says you need to accomplish what you need to accomplish so that I can get back, get on, back the on the stage. But she she wants to get back on that stage because she is more concerned. She's more concerned than what that means for her. Like in in, That's in right. the purity yeah. that that gives her. Mm-hmm. He wants to be on the stage because he wants to be in a sense. He wants to be praised. He wants to, and, and I think that might be a man thing to just want to be a part of something like leave a legacy because even at the very end, which is tragic in its own sense, when he see the guy doing donuts in the yard, in the parking lot, he's like, yeah, he's coming here for me. They're coming for me, for me, for me. Mm-hmm. And no one ever shows up, you know? Yeah. So I, I think that's his moment. And he, and he, it movie ends with him still thinking and hoping that people will show up and no one does, you know? So that's his thing. And then her thing is that she realizes that she's trapped in this marriage. This like pretty much a soulless marriage and she doesn't get what she wants in the end. Yeah. And so I guess the whole point is for her to get her come up is to as somebody who's a sinner. Right. And refuses to leave because she wants this lavish lifestyle. It's it's a it's a choice, and I think it's an ending that for a lot of people wasn't very satisfying, at least based on like kind of reading around and seeing how people were feeling. But I mean, not that people didn't enjoy this film at all, but they did feel like the ending was disappointing. But to your point, it you know, part of the whole thing is that there's so much stuff where like there's double talk, not that like things are opposites are being said, but that there are parallels constantly happening in the film as far as like what somebody's saying about the word of God versus what is happening with them mm-hmm. or versus the person listening to it most of the time with Trinity. And th- there's a lot of stuff about freedom. There's a lot of stuff about, uh, you know, just, you know, your own free will, making a choice, being uh, kind of responsible to, to oneself. And it's it's just very fascinating to watch her constantly try to go, okay, I need to maintain this lifestyle. And the thing is, it's hard to tell at one point, like, is, is anything that she does truly for him, like, like, because she genuinely just loves him or because she needs to maintain the way she lives? It's hard to tell. And I wasn't really sure about that by the time the film ended. Not that I needed to be. I thought the ambiguity was fine. But I find it really fascinating. I've only watched the film one time. but I think there are things you can pick up on 
specifically with the body language. There's just so much Regina Hall does. It's really fascinating, including the fact she definitely would have. She kept saying, thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. She was just enjoying the moments where he just was not up from mm-hmm. baptizing him. But she was just thinking, damn, like, if he wasn't here, oh, man. Right. It's pretty funny. Um, anything else uh, you guys thinking about before we close out conversation on this film? I think it's worth noting that the writer-director, uh, Adama Ibu, and her twin sister, producer Adan Ibu, I hope I'm saying their names exactly right, Ibo. Mm-hmm. Um, they were Ibo. 30 when they... Say it again? What? I think it's Ibo. Ibo, okay. They were 30 when they made this. They're just really? 30. So, you know, That's pretty they're cool. going to make... 20 great movies that's that's really dope i'm glad to see that glad to hear that younger than me super exciting damn hell yeah that's what i'm talking about i want to see more um keith any any other additional thoughts before we close no, i don't have anything else all right cool man hey look we enjoyed this film if y'all you better watch this movie you got this far but <laughs> <laughs> it's on peacock <laughs> Uh, if you enjoyed the podcast, um, definitely give us uh, a review. Uh, let a friend know about it. Let them check it out. You know, tell them watch the film. Hey, check out this podcast. Podcast pretty dope, man. They have stuff to say about it. Um, Keith, where can they find us on the social, man? Find us on Instagram at the Low Key Pod. All right, thank you very much, uh, Tim. Anything to plug for Movie Maker coming up? No, hard at work on the next issue. It's gonna be good. That is good enough. Uh, preview, I think. <laughs> uh, well, with that, we're going to dip. We'll have something else interesting to talk about next week. There's a lot of great content coming out. So um, really can't wait to talk about it. There's like a plethora of things. Like the summer was kind of dry for periods. Then we got Prey. And then I made a mistake with the movie after that. But we're doing good right now. Like I think we're, we're going to have a good streak because we're definitely going to check out Pearl when it comes out and some other stuff. Pearl, the, the trailer looks great. Yeah, Hopefully true. the movie lives up. Oh, also, I should say this. Check out the actual Facts podcast by my friends Jason Beecher and Eric Stoyer where they talk about documentary films um, that are out now. And the issues around those documentary films, it isn't just like straight reviews, but it's kind of like this where they go much bigger um, around what the film means. All right, clean. And what's it called again? actual facts boom all right check it out people subscribe check it out uh gonna be as good as this one (laughs) we just see y'all on the next one uh next week thank y'all for joining and uh peace out for now Peace. peace